Welcome, everyone. We are so excited today. I am Robin Binkley, and I'm here with my business partner, Courtly Moeller, and a very incredible guest that we have today. We have Laura Pomatian today with us. Um, I want to share with you a little bit about her, but first, we are ladies kicking assets. I forgot to say oh, that. we are. I forgot to say <laughs> that we are. Yeah, you are. In the assets. And so we are here empowering women with the financial education that they need to live the life that they choose. And this is about action and it's about doing. Um, we are not financial experts. Um, we are all business women who are engaged in different levels of real estate and investing and business. And so we want to share with you some, some information and kind of give you some information into this amazing space of blockchain. So I want to welcome you, Laura, and just share a couple of things about you. You have 20 years of experience in domestic and international marketing and sales and resorts and vertical real estate development. When I heard that, I thought, wow, that's a lot right there. But you're currently an advisor on the AI blockchain technology company and the development of their learning sales matching platforms. You're a board member um, of the Foundation for International Blockchain and Real Estate you're a member of the Florida Blockchain Group and an advocate against child trafficking. So I am so thrilled that you're here with Courtney and I today. I cannot wait to hear about your journey and how you're going to inspire us all. So Thank welcome. so much. I am just thrilled. Gosh, I heard all of that and I thought, wow, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to all that and thought, dang, I need to take a nap now. That's, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> you are not old. That's for sure. That I'm so cool. amazing. Like, wow. I you are amazing. Put it all together like that. You are. You are super amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. 20 years. My gosh. Um, luxury and, and resort real estate. I was very fortunate. I started my career on the island of Maui, which was spectacular in itself. And I niched into luxury pre-construction hotel resort branded, um, hotel branded real estate. So Ritz-Carlton Residences, Manor Oriental, La Berge, Fairmont, ended up in the Caribbean on several projects, which was, um, it was just as amazing, right? I mean, being able to travel around and be in different markets and see different uh, perspectives of real estate was so fun. And living the island life, was amazing. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better career for sure. Oh, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. So I know you're in Florida now. Um, and okay. So you said your career started in Maui. So what made you, you know, switch from Maui to Florida? Yeah. So I actually took, took a job in the Caribbean on a project there and that's what kind of brought me back to the East coast. I ended up, um, down this way and, uh, you know, long story short, found myself uh, in South Florida. My my family's here on the East Coast, and it's just good timing for me to be uh, here instead of you know a ten hour flight, you know, two day oh, yes. travel being away. Yeah. Well, no, well, that's a beating. That is such yeah. a beating. And so, I actually had somebody ask me the other day. They were like, "How would you like to have spa services on flights?" And I said, uh, "Yes, sign me up for that. Let me know when that's coming out." Yeah, <laughs> I would just be happy with a bigger seat. I mean, that would be thrilling, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, leg room. No, girl. No doubt. Flights on time. Flights on yeah. time. Oh, or that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real basic. 
Right. Well, okay. So you're involved in so many aspects of real estate. What led you into real estate to begin with? You know, I, oh gosh, um, being on Maui, it was, I was, I was actually a personal trainer for a long time before that and going out to Maui and being a personal trainer was not really ideal. It was, you know, everyone's outside and they're, they're active and they're living this amazing lifestyle and they're surfing and hiking and biking. And I mean, fitness was fun and I love it and I still love it to this day, but, um, the real estate industry at the time, I mean, this was a very long time ago, was was just, was ideal. And being on Maui and selling resort real estate, I mean, what a dream. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. When you say resort real estate, is that like, um, like timeshares with Hilton or what, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. So, uh, resort products. So there's, um, on Maui, pretty much everything, is luxury, right? So mm-hmm. in the resorts, and there's several resorts on the island of Maui, and there's real estate product, general real estate product, and, and there's also timeshare product there. But my, um, I was in general brokerage, so we would sell condominiums, and you know those condominiums could be rented out while they, you know, while the owners were back on the mainland, and um, so a lot of investment real estate, second home, third home, fourth home product, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very popular. Well, I mean, that's still very popular. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that really well, is. Yeah. And now people are buying that and rolling it into like Airbnb and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. I know there's some places that have restrictions on what you can and can't do, but um, it's definitely just grown in popularity for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, okay. So now you are in Florida and, you know, Robin's reading out all these accolades. You know, I was so fortunate to meet you at the, you know, Michael's blockchain real estate summit here recently in Austin. And first of all, I was super excited. I'm sorry that there- I didn't get to meet you. Um, oh, oh yeah. yeah Cause Robin was there too. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, there's not a lot of women in the blockchain space to begin with. So, mm-hmm. um, so when I found out that you were going to be there, I was really excited to meet you. And then when I did get to meet you and find out all of these things you were doing, I just was totally blown away. And, um, and so I really would like to kind of dig in. So you're, you're doing all this real estate and how did you go down the blockchain Avenue? Like what led you to that space? Oh my gosh. So it kind of happened around COVID. I was, uh, you know, after 12 projects, I was actually offered a a really beautiful project in Nashville. So four seasons, and I was going to go out there and work, work on that project. And uh, they called me and said, we shut the building down because of COVID and, you know, it's going to be a while. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's probably going to be a long while. So I had some time like everyone else. And I decided um, to learn about what was happening in the space. I, um, I also advocate against child trafficking, as you mentioned. And when I was on a legislation call one day, someone had mentioned uh, the topic of blockchain and how AI was impacting the industry and how they were making advancements and and et cetera. So I said, oh, wow, blockchain. Um, and I was familiar with it, right? I was one of those in 2009 that didn't capitalize on the opportunity mm-hmm. of Bitcoin. But um, nonetheless, I decided to do some more exploring. And I realized very quickly, right down this massive rabbit hole. And you can imagine all the time I had on my hands, right? I mean, I was on like YouTube and podcasts and down this rabbit hole of like, me too, girl. Yes. Everywhere DeFi and, and, you know, everything that was happening in the space. So I thought, okay, 
let's refocus, right? I've had, I, I know and understand real estate. So how is this technology applying to real estate? And when I opened that door and what I saw, I was just like blown away. I thought there is no way this is not going to be highly disruptive and we're going to get significant traction. And that's exactly what has happened. And I decided in that moment, I'm going to pivot. And I thought, well, why not just stick to what I know and mm-hmm. stay lane, right? Stay mm-hmm. in your lane, Lars. So that's what I did. And mm-hmm. I decided to, to help others, right? Other owners, developers, um, commercial property owners, syndicators, those that are in the real estate space to help them create and launch and utilize uh, blockchain technology for security token offerings or, you know, tokenizing existing assets. And um, and that's kind of what it's been. And we've got, I mean, as you know, Courtney, I mean, tremendous traction in tokenization, tremendous yeah, well, I mean, you know, tokenization and blockchain are such huge, you know, buzzwords right now. So, I mean, just huge. And I can remember being at the uh, Digital Assets and Securities Conference in Austin. Uh, I was, I think it was September of last year. And just thinking, you know, these people are going to be kind of paving the way, you know, um, in this industry. And, you know, this, you know, where real estate meets, you know, technology and blockchain and, you know, what that looks like, you know, I, it makes me think think of what it must have been like back at the early, you know, earlier days of Bitcoin, you know, you've got a guy talking to an empty room and, you know, we had more people there than an empty room, but it was, you know, probably a hundred people, which is really not that much compared to a regular real estate conference. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's grown so much even in this last year. So tell me, okay, so you are kind of merging that. Um, tell me exactly what your product looks like. Well, like, what does, what does it do? Yeah, so we are, um, we, basically what I do is I, we're advising, right? We're an advisory firm. So we're not a technology platform. We're not a legal team. We're not uh, financial advisors, right? All of those things, we don't, we don't actually raise the capital. We, when it comes to a security token offering and raising the capital, as you know, it's pretty traditional, putting all of those pieces together and helping those to understand what that actually means is really what I do. So someone's raising capital and they want to, you know, benefit from the advantages of tokenization, then I come in and I teach them and show them how it works and show them how it's a win-win, right? It's a win for the investors, the win for you, you know, as the owner. And how do you not get massive traction when everyone's winning? So, I mean, it's just ideal. It's really ideal. No. And, you know, you talk about disruptive technology and, you know, it, it's really going to be disruptive across every industry across the board. Um, I always sit and think, um, you know, I can remember being in a room, you know, a year ago talking to people about how it's going to disrupt, you know, title companies and title insurance and, you know, what it will look like when, you know, our properties information is stored on the blockchain and it can be accessed 24 hours a day. And, you know, we don't have to wait for the courthouse and we don't have to wait for all of these things and we're not repaying for title insurance over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the ways that you see it being disruptive in the real estate industry? I mean, just, just what you said, right. All of those things. And then some, right. I mean, just being able to, I mean, just, if you think about NFT technology, right. And mm-hmm. tokenization, there's, we say tokenization and there's so many different types of tokenization and people still need to learn what that means and what the differences are, right. NFT, uh, 
for the transfer of, of whole product, right? The entire house, the entire commercial building, um, that's unique, right? That can be an NFT. And the sequencing of the transaction now is just turned on its head, right? I mean, we're going through that, that sequencing that typically takes 30, 60 days, whatever that might be. And now, you know, all of that, all of the um, due diligence is done before the commitment of the sale, right? And there's no one, there isn't going to be any more, let me just lock up this property for two weeks or 45 days or whatever it is, right? It's going to be, here's all the information you need to know. Here's all of the documentation, do your due diligence. And when you're ready to buy, you know, you and everyone else who, who, who wants the opportunity can, can see exactly the same thing and go through the same thing at the same time. And then you decide, do you want to buy it or not? Right. And that's a big, huge difference, huge change. Uh Huge. Wow. Yeah. And that's just one thing, right? That's just one aspect. Obviously when you're talking about raising capital for a new uh, real estate project, that's a whole nother thing and doing that compliantly with the SEC. I think, you know, um, one thing I think is really, really, really important. Obviously it's education, right? But it's really the education of separating that cryptocurrency is not blockchain, right? And blockchain is not cryptocurrency. And being able to get that out to the masses and them understand the difference between the two is really where we're going to start to see massive change and adoption, I think. Mm-hmm. No, 100, 100%. Because as soon as we start talking about tokenization, people tie everything to crypto and the volatility. And they're like, you know, what is that going to look like? And mm-hmm. I was actually on a call with Mauricio. Mauricio Rauld is our, um, he is our, he is one of my attorneys that I, he's my syndication attorney. And I don't know if you got to meet him at the blockchain summit. I did. He's Are great. Yeah. Oh yeah. He is fantastic. So we were on a call talking about tokenization the other day. And he was like, you know, what people need to understand is that cryptocurrency is just one thing that you can do on blockchain. Oh, that's such a a great way of looking at that. Cause you know, I've spent so much time, you know, Robin and I actually have not dove into, you know, tokenization or blockchain or anything on our calls. So Mm -hmm. you are our very first. Thank you. (laughs) And you know, you're the expert in this. So I really appreciate (laughs) the opportunity. No. Well, I I love listening to other people's Mm -hmm. perspectives and everything else, but you know, that is definitely one of the biggest barriers we have right now is that educational piece and, you know, helping people to understand the difference in blockchain and cryptocurrency and that, you know, blockchain is that technology, you know, that we're using to, to build on. And, you know, I spend a lot of time just telling people, you know, what blockchain is, you know, that this is just a digital ledger instead of you know, your paper ledger where you're recording transactions. All this is, is a digital ledger that can't be hacked. It can't be changed. Um, you know, whenever you have human components to stuff, you've got fraud and all kinds of other stuff, you know, this eliminates, That's you know, a lot of the craziness that we saw in 2008 and, you know, people, you know, adding money to other people's balance sheets and, you know, some of the other, you know, I won't go down all of those different deals, but it eliminates a lot of the issues that we see. And it really, um, it streamlines things and makes it more convenient. Right. Well, I love that. You know, I think the understanding for folks as education is rolled out, the tracking the processes and that it's immutable, you know, once information is there, it's there is sort of aha moments for 
folks when you're learning about the difference between crypto and blockchain? Like, how does that apply to all industries, not just real estate? You know, how how that is going to change the evolution of every transaction that is done here going forward. Agreed. So yeah, agreed. I mean, you just saw that article and I'm sure you just saw, I don't know if it was last week, but you know, they just found, um, the feds just found 3.6 billion, whatever it was, trillion dollars, right. Of Bitcoin that was, was moved, right. Or, or relocated. And I mean, it's, it's all there on the blockchain. I don't know how people think that they're not going to find it. Like, how do you, how do you not, how do you think that they're not going to be, I don't know, but that's, I thought that was really a great find and a great, you know, really. Yeah. And I think it wasn't, it, I read the article, I, I glanced through the article and I think it wasn't it part of like the Silk Road or, you know, something yeah. along those lines. I think the United States is one of the biggest holders of Bitcoin right now or something, especially yeah. with everything yeah. confiscated and it's right. kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. All the things that have, have been going on in the crypto space is just, it's mm-hmm. been crazy. This last like six months has been nuts. And so, um, so, okay, so let's back it up and go back. Cause I could sit here and spiral down about <laughs> different, you know, crypto rabbit holes and I'm trying yeah. to be so good we're and not going to be concise. We're not, we're not, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm trying- a timekeeper. I'm going to keep us on track. <laughs> oh, and Robin is so good. So, well, okay. So let me ask you this. I know that educational piece is, is difficult. Um, do you see any other barriers or any other challenges that you're facing in that, you know, blockchain real estate, you know, as we're marrying those together, you know, are you seeing anything else that's difficult or that y'all are struggling with? You know, I think it's really, I really, really think it's just education because once we get there and they understand what this is, right. And that it's very traditional in a lot of ways and the SEC, especially with security tokens, right. What we're doing with asset backed real estate backed, um, security tokens, that's, you know, they, once they understand that, I think that they're just like, oh, and you can see the light bulb come on. They're just like, oh, oh, okay. I get it. And then they start thinking how they can implement this. Right. Once they understand they're like, oh, now how, you know, how else can we do this? Where can we do this? Well, let me ask you this. So, um, say I'm buying, you know, a piece of real estate property. What, what are the advantages of tokenizing an asset? Like, why would I even want to do that? Mm-hmm. So in terms of from the investor, from the, um, the owner perspective, mm-hmm. right. The owner perspective. I mean, there's, there's, I think we're going to see a lot more traction just in asset management, just from that perspective, you know, of course you have, the the opportunity to raise capital and we can still do that traditionally through you know reg a reg d reg cf whatever that might be right adding the tokenization component on it i think gives owners a competitive edge with their investors because then they have the option of liquidity and that is a very big deal right i mean as we we always talk about that right why am i going to go with an investment that is going to tie my money up for eight to 10 years or whatever that is. When, if I want to move my money next year, I should be able to do that, right? As an investor, I should be able to do what I want with my money. And this is solving for that issue. I think the other, you know, the other things is what, you know, being able to manage the asset and being able to manage, um, you know, automate the processes of 
distributions, right? How am I going to pay my dividends? I'm going to, you know, maybe I have international investors. That's a big deal. That's a hassle, right? Trying to go right. through all these different channels and being able to do this with tokenization is very quick and easy and solves a lot of that problem. Distribution of K1s, right? Your, your tax, um, being able to manage communication with your investors, having everything in one place. I mean, there's so many advantages just from that perspective. And then you add the layer of being able to raise capital and giving these investors this massive advantage is just a whole nother, you know, I mean, just a whole nother win, mm -hmm. I think, for the category. I, I just see it as a huge benefit. Yeah, industry. absolutely. Well, you talk, you brought up liquidity, which, you know, that is one of the probably number one things that people talk about with, you know, tokenization. And I, I get really excited about that. You know, it's a little bit of a double edged sword just because, um, you know, being able to access that liquidity, um, you know, one of the great things about real estate is, you know, equity happens, you know, you're forced to stay in that asset. But there are times when, you know, other offers present themselves, or maybe you had an emergency come up and you need to liquidate a small portion of that. So being able to access those funds that you've tied into these long-term, you know, investments, that's a really big deal. You know, say you've, you're, you're getting divorced and, you know, um, you know, that, solves a lot of those kinds of problems as well. So, and I definitely think that, um, you know, being able to tap into the, that liquidity is amazing. And the other thing that drives me crazy too, is I, why does the government get to dictate what people do with their money and where they invest? And they should it? not. And they I should mean, not. how, why does the government have to say, okay, Courtney, you've reached this threshold or you haven't reached this threshold. So, you know what? Robin gets to invest in Laura's apartments, but Courtney, we're, we don't think you're quite there just yet. Maybe you're just not quite as smart as Robin is. So we're not going to let you do that, but Robin, you go right ahead. I, I just, that drives me crazy. Like, why do they get to dictate that? So, you know, um, I get really excited about the fact that you know, obviously when you're tokenizing something, you still have to follow the same, you know, regulations. You're still governed by the SEC. You haven't eliminated, you're not circumventing any of these things that, you know, capital raisers do. Um, but after a certain time frame, you know, being tokenized allows you to open that up um, to non-accredited investors. You know, you get to open it up to everybody. And now the asset has had some time to prove, you know, to show what it can do. And, you know, other people can trade it and out of it. So I kind of visualize this, you know, Amazon marketplace of assets, you know, that's, you know, because tokens are like shares, like, like stocks of a company. So, you know, people just trading in and out of these, you know, assets and, you know, moving their money around and it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. Yeah. And I, I would add to that and just say that, you know, we're really amped on reggae, right? This whole, this whole idea of using reggae in raising capital is changing it's truly democratizing one, right? Truly so democratizing. So when you say a reg A, what is a reg A? A regulation A, right? So an exemption under the SEC, when you're talking about being able to raise capital, you would do that under a reg D to stay compliant, a reg A, a reg CF. They all have limitations. They all have their, their particular um, uh, guidelines, um, you know. So what are the basic guidelines for like a reg A? So- you know, when we talk about what's happening now, we've seen a lot of this with Reg D, right? A lot of these these rate um, tokenization projects have been they're raising capital under Reg D, right? Which is um, 
traditionally the easiest, so to speak, right, quote unquote, way to go about it. So on a Reg D, you have, um, like you were mentioning, you have a one-year lockup, right, um, depending on many other things. And this is very high level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Your lockup, you're limited to 2,000 accredited investors, right? Accredited investors are, um, they meet certain criteria and that that obviously just that alone, right? When you think about going to the market with a real estate deal and competing or trying to, to, to find investment, right? And you're competing for investors and you're gonna go to accredited investors, accredited investors, they can have any deal they want. They can go to any deal and they can invest in whatever deal they want, right? So being able to offer the option, the option of liquidity is gonna give the owner a competitive advantage when competing for that investor, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at Reg A, right under Regulation A, and you have the option to go to any US investor, right? It's over the age of 18, any foreign investor that's over the age of 18, there's no cap on the number of investors you can have right? You can, um, you can provide this option of liquidity to them as well. And you can still attract accredited investors, right? It's almost more beneficial for the accredited investor to have access to those that have raised under this reg A, because then they have a even broader pool of investors to go to on the secondary market, right? So if I come in with a million dollars as an accredited investor, and then I want to dilute or exit a portion of my investment, and I just want to go and take out, I don't know, Mm $200,000, I'm not limited to other accredited investors, right? Right. Which, which from what I understand is like six to 8% of the entire investor pool. So when you open that up to, you know, if you can qualify for this um, reg A and, and your project qualify for it, it's much, it's a big advantage. I'm so amped on it. And I think that it just gives, um, I don't know. There's just so many more benefits. Uh, There is a cap of 75 million, you know, that you can raise in 12 months, but there you can combine that right with a reg D you can combine that and um, go after both accredited investors and non-accredited investors and raise, you know, however you want. So we can get really, really creative. I find it um, fascinating and exciting and challenging all at the same time. So um, and that's really high level and I'm not, you know, um, I'm not an SEC attorney, so I would strongly <laughs> that's recommend disclaimer, that's disclaimers there, <laughs> disclaimers, right? Just go work with an SEC attorney. We have, we have those contacts, yes. um, but there's a lot of, and it really, like, you know, Courtney, it's so specific to the goal of the owner and their project, right? What is the ultimate goal and what is their project? You know, what could they qualify for? So mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very interesting. Interesting, right? Interesting stuff. So let's switch to a little bit maybe about your passion project, if we can talk about that a little bit with um, child trafficking and how you got involved in that um, against child trafficking. Let me make sure I'm very clear. (laughs) An advocate against not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, it was, um, it was kind of around the same time and I was, I don't know how I came across, um, this movie. It was called operation to saint and I would recommend it for everyone. Right. Operation, it? Operation. 
Yep. Operation to Saint. Okay. Operation to Saint. Okay. Yep. T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. And the uh, organization, their nonprofit called Operation Underground Railroad, and they support law enforcement in their efforts to end child trafficking. And watching that movie changed my my life, really, my perspective of what was happening and and just how incredibly tragic and immense this problem is, right? Um, you know, according to them and, and statistics, there's, there's 2 million children a year that are being um, trafficked for sex around the world, right? And if you think about that number and you ask yourself, like, where is that coming from? Like, who, who is the demand? Like, what, what, what kind of person or people, like, who are they that are fueling that industry, right? And so I learned a lot about what was happening in that space. Um, I co-founded a uh, coalition called No More Johns. Mm -hmm. It's a um, it's a coalition that we basically are educating on uh, and targeting the the buyers, right? The Johns, the buyers that mm -hmm. are are fueling the industry because that's really where it starts, right? If there was no yeah. demand, there would be no child sex trafficking, right? right? And that's really where it starts. And so um, No More Johns is, uh, we have a mission to um, educate a million and one parents, right? Moms and dads on what happens and um, what is happening in, in how their children are being exposed to this potential, um, you know, problem, right? This, mm -hmm. this, uh, this really awful thing and how the idea of the safest place for my child is, you know, in our home, in their room by themselves with the door shut. And that's the safest place. I know where they are. I know what they're doing, but what they don't realize is that that child has an iPad or they have an iPhone or they have their computer and they're, they're accessing social media. And that is the number one place where hundreds of thousands of predators are lurking every single day and targeting these children. And it is the most unsafe place for them to be, right, is um, is online. So so I could talk about this all day and I'm sorry oh, to go on and on. No, but no, I think it's, I think it's important. It's yeah. so important. Let me just tack on to that because a lot of parents don't realize, you know, my husband is a police officer and, um, you know, he deal like my children are not allowed to have Snapchat and, you know, all of these other social medias. They're just not, you know, the things that my husband has dealt with through social media and some of these children gives me nightmares. And uh, I just wanted to add in that these social media platforms protect these people um, in a way that's so disgusting and frustrating. Um, you know, we can have, or he will have something that he's, you know, issue a warrant and they will fight that warrant. They'll be like, Oh, Mr. Comma here, you know, we're denying your warrant. I mean, mm -hmm. it is the way that they protect these predators on social, these social media platforms is disgusting. And that has been what has been able to help me stand my ground in not allowing my kids to have social media. Yeah. Good for you. Cause that is really, and parents just don't, they don't, and it's not that they, um, you know, they just don't know. They don't realize, they right. don't realize what a, what a, um, 
hunting ground that is right for, for these predators, they just go in there and it's like, you know, open season on these children and they are grooming them and they're becoming their friends and they're, you know, making them believe that they're, they're someone that they're not. And these kids don't know better. And the next thing you know, they're out out on the street and they meet them and they're gone. Right. So it's just, it's really, um, it's significant. It's, it's, it's something really important that we need to educate. And that's what we're working on. No more John's no more johns.com. We just launched our website. We're just in the very, very, very beginning. I think next year will be um, the big push and we will get this information out there and hope, hopefully educate a lot of parents and, um, you know, save a oh, lot. I of love that. We'll, have to, we'll have to chat That's about that later. Maybe we yeah. can collaborate on that and do I something. Um, mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. to support you and, you know, help raise awareness and help share that. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll chat about that more later. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. But so powerful. I think, I think what we have to keep in mind as business women is, we get involved in so many different projects and lines of business, but um, it's so important to give back and really be passionate and remember that we're, we've been given so much and to make a difference. Um, and well, we're trying to make this world better for everybody. Yeah. You know, we yes. really want to make the world better for everybody. And, Absolutely. you know, we started and it's all baby steps and little contributions, but everything we can do matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it has really been our pleasure to visit with you. You've just given us some little tips of the iceberg highlights about you, about how you got involved in this business and sort of where you're, I mean, not sort of where you are, where you have like a boss elevated things. I know. know. And and then this whole other, you know, uh, no more Johns is, I mean, that's, that's huge in and of itself, but you're an amazing businesswoman. I'm so excited to uh, watch you grow this coming year in all areas and learn from you. You've really inspired me. So, yeah, I just love that you, you, you've done so many things. You keep growing. You were take the time to get educated and took action on something that you believed in that you knew was going to be disruptive and an important space. So I, you know, Robin and I are always talking about people need to, you know, learn and take action. So Mm -hmm. I just love that you're out there doing it. Thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing for the space, right? Supporting and educating and having this amazing platform, which I absolutely <laughs> love. Ladies kicking assets. I think that is brilliant. And I, I just so appreciate being here and, and knowing you both and, and being part of your, your journey as well. It's yeah. a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank well, you. how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So I'm um, on our website, height zero real estate.com. Um, height zero is as you, as you know, right. But it's really interesting. Courtney and I kind of tell the story height zero is, um, the first block in a blockchain is, uh, the Genesis block and the Genesis block has a block height of zero. So it's the foundation, right? It's kind of the foundation on which the blockchain is built. And at height zero, I thought it correlated really well to real estate because the foundation of real estate is you know, everything centers around that and the success mm-hmm. centers around that. So that's where that came from. Um, and that's where we got our name. So heightzerorealestate.com would be the easiest way to reach out and find me. And of course, um, nomorejohns.com is is our, uh, you know, our mission-based website. So 
We're going to change the world. Love it. Beautiful. Oh, you just gave me chills. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll make sure to put everything in our, our notes too, so people can find yes. it that way as well. And so yeah. thank you so much for coming thank and sharing. Powerful, you. powerful woman. Thank you so much, Laura.